So I think, if I'm not mistaken, I, I could be wrong because I haven't listened through all of our podcasts for a while, but I think in one of the first episodes when we talked about soda at the beginning, you taught me, I'd never heard that there was a, there's a Pepsi version of the Coke Freestyle Machine. Yes. Is that, is it, am I making that up? Was that on a podcast? Yeah, it might yeah. not have been on a podcast. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. It's I don't remember okay. the name of it. Well, I thought that was true. Um, and it's it's kind of always been fascinating to me because I've never seen one of those. I would love to see one. And so, again, if anyone sees one, take a picture, send it in, let me know. I'd love to see what one of those is like. I'm sure it's exactly like a Coke Freestyle machine. <laughs> um, but I learned something uh, very fascinating to me in the world of customizable vending machine dispenser things. And that is this. Do you like sauce? Does it have vinegar in it? That is a very important question. It could have vinegar in it. Then a, then that's a definite no. But uh, it doesn't have to have vinegar in it. Because what I want you to know about is just been released within the past few months from the company Heinz. It's called the Heinz Remix. And it's a Coke freestyle machine for sauce. Whoa. Yes. Welcome to the Factoid Podcast. You didn't ask for it, but we're going to tell you about it anyway. My name's Chris Humphreys. And I'm Peyton Gessel. So Chris, I video weddings a few times per year as a side job just for additional income, and I, I do enjoy doing them. I've been doing this since about 2015, and what has been cool to see is how the technology used to capture weddings has changed since then. So while I think storytelling is probably the most important part about shooting and editing a wedding, there are a lot of tools that can help make this much easier. And there's one tool that I feel like has revolutionized run and gun style video capture at weddings. And that is the gimbal. Mm. So I know you obviously understand what a gimbal is, but for listeners that might not, when I'm referring to a gimbal, I'm referring to an object that you hold with either one or two hands that has a series of motors and you stick a camera into it and it allows the camera operator to hold the camera by the handle and it is able to stabilize the footage so that it's not shaky as if you were holding it in your hand. And that allows you to very quickly walk around with the camera and instead of it being shaky while you walk, it can sometimes be usable footage during that time. And it allows you to be able to very quickly hit record capture a quick moment instead of having to run close quick and hold your breath and hope that you manage remember to hit record. So about five years ago, I bought my first gimbal and it was a little bit cheaper. And over the years, it's gotten a bit worse. I was shooting a wedding earlier this year and it started to fail on me. And I don't know if it's the batteries or if it's something more serious like the motor, I need to work on troubleshooting it. But regardless, I've been thinking about possibly what my next steps are with a gimbal. Do I rent a good one for fairly cheap in the short term? Do I buy a new one that's a lot nicer that will last me longer? So I'm talking this over with my wife and she gave me an alternate method for solving this problem in the future. She said, I just need a chicken. A chicken. A chicken. So there's a commercial that's been going around TikTok that I think the one that most people are seeing was made by LG and it was for their first phone that they created with image stabilization built into it. 
So the commercial is very old now, but it's been kind of going around as a meme. And it shows this guy who's a videographer and how he decided to hire a chicken. And this is all a funny joke that he hires the chicken to be his camera operator because of how stable chickens are. Have you ever seen someone hold a chicken and move the chicken around and seen what happens with the head? It like always stays in the same place kind yes. of, right? Yeah. So it looks like the head is not moving at all in space, even though the body is moving every which way. So the guy demonstrates this in the video and then they like pretend to stat- to strap a camera onto the chicken's head and they show it in all these crazy scenarios. And that got me wondering how much truth is there to this commercial? Like, are chickens and gimbals that similar? (laughs) Just a funny question, but but (laughs) that's funny. So I grew up in the country, and we would always go to the county fair every year. But when we would walk through the animal barns, my emotions ranged from mildly uncomfortable to absolutely terrified, depending on which animals we were around. So all this to say, I haven't had a lot of one-on-one time with the chicken. <laughs> so I was recently introduced to Don and Kelly, who are a couple who recently bought a little homestead. And they've been raising about a dozen chickens. And they, they have all of the eggs and they make a lot of things with the eggs. And they let me uh, come over and hold one of their chickens. First of all, just to like get my hands on a chicken, see how true this is. So to test the gimbal function. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, don't worry. I'm checking all the axes and yeah, there, there's a video of, of it I can link. And I was able to pick up the chicken and I was able to move it around. The tricky part is you have to keep the chicken focused. So we took like a phone flashlight and put it several feet away from the chicken. And once the chicken really focused in on that light, I was able to move it around and you could tell that it was stabilizing its head. Hmm. So the next question is, we know that it works, but how? So we need a little bit of an anatomy lesson to understand this. When you were in school, I'm sure you learned about various systems in the body, your digestive system, your circulatory system, your skeletal system. There's one that is kind of forgotten. Do you know anything about the vestibular system? never even heard that word before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got one. And the vestibular system, it sounds like I'm making this all up. It's in your inner ear. There are a few different organs. For example, the otolith senses if your body's in motion and how fast that motion is. And that's what like makes your... That's what makes you feel weird when you're riding in an elevator up and down where your eyes are saying, I'm not moving. And your otolith is just going crazy. It's saying, I'm moving, but why can't I see anything that's moving weird? And then there's another organ called the semicircular canal. And this thing is made up of these little calcium carbonate rocks. And there's a fluid. And when you move your head in weird little directions... All of the rocks push the fluid around these corners and they all correspond to different axes. And if you tilt your head this one way, all the rocks move the fluid and it tells your brain, I just tilted on the Z axis. Sounds made up. And when this is all working right, it helps you prevent situations like being dizzy or having vertigo. Is this all, it's all in my head? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So all of it is in the inner ear specifically. 
Okay. And very small. Like most of this stuff, I think all of it is like smaller than a dime. Nice. So humans and chickens have very similar vestibular systems, uh, at least with the organs, but our eyes are what make the big difference between us. And it's why we notice this more in the chicken than we do in other people. So the big difference is our eye muscles. With our eyes, our eyes are in a socket and they can rotate around. A chicken can't really do that. Their eyes aren't built to rotate that way. So if I'm holding a book out in front of me and there's one word and I'm focusing on that word, I can move my head around and I keep my I can keep my eyes focused on that word and it doesn't get blurry. I can read that word. Even if you're doing it more dramatically, but even if you're just reading a book, you naturally are going to move your head around a little bit, but your eye muscles are able to track the word and keep it in focus so you can read it. Sure. So the chicken doesn't have those eye muscles and it has to compensate with its head and its neck muscles to do this. And this is called the vestibulo-ocular reflex. And it's called this in humans and chickens. But like we said, the difference is the eye muscles doing the work versus the head and the neck. Can chickens move their eyes at all? Or is it all their neck? I think they can probably do a little bit, but not much. Maybe not. Wow. Because they're just like black beads as far as I as far as far I remember last time I looked at a chicken. Right. I did not get close enough to look and see if it was looking around. Uh, but th- yeah, that's a great question. I I'm just curious. Yeah. So what's also interesting about the vestibulo-ocular reflex, or VOR for short, is that there's another part of it that you do notice a lot, and it's how when a chicken walks, they keep their head in place for a while, and they move the body forward, but the head stays in place, and then they shoot the head forward really fast to catch up. So when chickens bob their head walking around, that's actually them using their image stabilization, and when the head is moving, they cannot really see anything, which is why they have to keep the head still, even when their body is moving. That is really interesting. Yeah, it was fascinating. Like, I never thought that that's no. why they do that. They just look, weird. yeah, that's just how chickens, they just look funny. And it turns out that image stabilization works in a very similar way, other than like the head bobbing, obviously. <laughs> so most gimbals have two sensors in them, an accelerometer and a gyroscope. The accelerometer measures movement and the acceleration of movement, just like the otolith. The gyroscope measures rotation on the X, Y, and Z axes, just like the semicircular canal. And both of these send a message to the electronics and the circuitry in the gimbal, just like how these organs send the message to your brain that you're rotating or you're moving in certain directions. And it's important to understand in the vestibular system that there is always an equal and opposite movement that and reaction that happens. So when you move your head the certain way, your eyes are told, the eye muscles basically have an equal and opposite reaction on your eyeball to keep it focused. So the gimbal does the same thing. That info from the accelerometer and the gyroscope goes to the motors to make an equal and opposite movement than what you are doing with the gimbal, and the result is that it keeps it stable. And there's now a gimbal that does this even better. And most gimbals, 
they do not do z-axis stabilization so that's like up down right yes yeah so that's up down so if you've ever seen somebody using a gimbal on a shoot they have to do this very strange walk that i can only describe as a ninja and marching band (laughs) and you look really dumb i've done it plenty of times but that's what you have to do to get the shot but about a year ago there was a gimbal that's finally been released with z-axis stabilization it's called the DJI Ronin 4D. It's about $7,000 and nice. it has the camera built in. And it does that Z-axis stabilization. And it kind of looks like it has a neck that attaches to the camera part. And people online call this the chicken camera. So not only... I was kind of wondering, like, were, were gimbals truly influenced by chickens? For this one, I think it definitely was. And I was watching a YouTuber give a review on it. And the review is mostly serious, but at one point he does just like say, I'm doing the chicken thing. So like, (laughs) this is, this really is kind of the convergence of chickens and technology. So (laughs) the next time you see a videographer using a gimbal uh, on a shoot at a wedding, wherever, tell them to thank a chicken for their contributions to image stabilization technology. been rickrolled i have i've been on the internet in the last 15 years right it's everyone has right everyone has been rickrolled right it's sort of become synonymous for those of you out there who might not know if you're not internet people i guess sort of become synonymous like with bait and switch getting something you didn't really expect to get so like i remember like so for example a story where i remember getting rickrolled before it was called a rickroll was when i was a little kid at my grandpa's house and he took me out to the garden and we were looking at his garden and he had grown cherry tomatoes and I hate tomatoes and everyone knows that about me my grandpa included but he picked a cherry tomato and says you should try this it's a cherry tomato and I said it's a tomato he goes no it's a cherry tomato and I said it's a tomato he's like no no it's a cherry tomato and I was like does it taste like a cherry he said it tastes like a cherry tomato and I said does it taste like a cherry? And we just went on back and forth. Like, just try the cherry. It's a cherry tomato. And so finally, I was, it's my grandpa. He's not going to lead me astray. I'm expecting a sure. beautiful thing. I eat it. And what is it but a darn tomato? <laughs> it's a tomato, right? And so here as a kid, I'm expecting this thing that, and my grandpa laughs. Everyone watches. He laughs. I spit it out because I hate tomatoes. And so basically I got Rickrolled pre-internet, right? Pre, Not pre-internet, but pre-Rickroll on the internet, right? But for those of you who don't know, this all started originally back in 2007 as kind of like an April Fool's joke. And basically, it's like someone will, you know, I don't, like in a, in a, in a blog or something, like there's a post that contains a link and you think the link is going to be, oh, I'm writing about this recipe. Here's the link to the recipe. And you're expecting when you click that recipe link, it'll take you to that. But instead, it takes you to the music video of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley, right? So it's like, it's just kind of a funny meme. I don't know why. I'm not really sure why. I don't know why it had happened. I don't know if it was just like some silly idea that for some reason really caught on. It's a very goofy song when you listen to it. It is a goofy song. And just the video. And again, it's it's from the 80s, right? Yeah. But but it's goofy. I think it's always been goofy, but specifically now, um, it's super goofy. But yeah, it's happened to me. I mean, and it's popular. It was more popular 15 years ago than it is now. But like it, you know, it's it's a funny thing, right? Uh, But honestly, it kind of made Rick, right? The singer of the song made him a lot more popular than he ever was. He kind of took a really long hiatus uh, from music from that kind of the early, late 80s, maybe. 
maybe until the 2000s. But now uh, he currently ends a lot of his concerts with that song still because it's like so popular. In fact, uh, that song is one of the like, it's kind of a, a club hard to get into. It's over a billion views on YouTube. Yeah, wow. yeah, 1.4 billion something. I looked at it recently. So like this has really caused him to be very popular. Uh, and it's happened to me. It's probably happened to you. It's happened to everybody. It's just a thing that always happens. It's funny. I don't know. But we're not actually talking about Rick Rolling today much. What I wanted to tell you is this year, the entire hobby garden population basically got Rick Rolled. Do you know, have you ever heard of Jalapeno Gate? No. So there's this thing that happens. It just happened this year. It's the first time ever. As far as I can tell, it's never happened before. Am I at risk? I have jalapenos outside. Yes. One moment. I need to go check on them. <laughs> so basically what is happening is people, and it's interesting with, with things you grow, right? Because uh, you plant them and you don't see what they look like for a long time, right? So it's a period of weeks or months or days or whatever, right? Same thing. Like I listen to this podcast all about like people who design hybrid apple flavors right yeah and, and it's, it's like, like a whole it's really interesting there's like people who they like however you make hybrid plants pollen and all this all these things right they're making these new types of apples but they don't get to know if they're worth using for five years because it takes five years for an apple tree to produce apples right wow so, i didn't know that yeah so it's like it's a long haul right so plants are kind of that way and peppers pepper seeds they all look like pepper seeds you don't know mm -hmm. what they are you plant them you don't know what they are um but you just expect them to be what they say they are well it's happened uh and thousands and thousands of times this year that people plant their jalapenos, go out, and people who don't know don't know, but you look at it and you think, that does not look like a jalapeno. And so for many, many people, um, it's being, they're, sometimes they're wax peppers, sometimes they're banana peppers, sometimes they're, but basically it is not just like a one time this happened to me, like guy got a mixed seed pack. It's like it is on a mass scale. People are getting the wrong peppers out of their packages. And it's not just jalapenos. It's also dubbed Peppergate sometimes, but mostly the jalapenos. They're the most popular pepper and whatever, right? Outside of bell peppers. But like, so pretty much there are thousands of people who thought they were getting jalapenos, but they're getting other types of peppers, right? And yeah. it's pretty crazy. Uh, there could be, there's probably a conspiracy, they call it the, the, pep the jalapeno gate, right? So there's some kind of conspiracy here, I'm sure. I don't know what it is, um, but I looked into this. There's many articles about it. And, and what's really interesting is nobody can actually pinpoint exactly the reason behind it. But what I learned is, is pretty fascinating. What I learned is that 60% of the world's like distribution of pepper seeds or I think I think maybe seeds in general, but I don't want to say something wrong. I, I somebody can fact check me, I suppose. But like, sixty percent of it is controlled by four companies. So like a large amount of pepper seed distributors just come from four different places. So odds are, what probably happened, and the reason they can't pinpoint it is because it's probably super hard to tell now that they're all planted or all gone or all bad. Is one of those major distributors? probably just mislabeled something right and it's not just jalapenos it's a bunch of different ones so maybe there's an entire run of like jalapenos entire run of uh, there's some like weird purple variation of a pe bell pepper that's like when you plant instead of yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about i was on the pepper joe's website okay. earlier this year and bought a wide variety of peppers okay I, I think i got everything as advertised though okay but yeah like there's a lot of colors of peppers that you didn't expect. Yes, and there's a lot of variations of just normal peppers, tons of them, right? Um, but basically, one of those big companies that supply lots of seeds to lots of different places probably got a mix-up in their in their order. And so they, whatever bunch of jalapeno bags had 
something else in them. And so a bunch of people, and these, if, if I understand right, like it sounds like you probably, I don't know if this is true, but that pepper place might be like locally farmed enough that like they pack their own seeds. I don't know. I don't know. No, they're, they're fairly big. So it's, it's hard. For yeah. Me to so I, but this, I think is kind of like the, when you go to Walmart and you find the rack with seeds in it, like, I think that's like this kind of seed. Yeah. So like, that's why I say hobby. Because like, if you're a big farm or like, if you have like a big garden, you're probably like doing the thing where you get your own seeds. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You grow your own stuff over and over again, right? You don't, you're not going to go buy seeds from the store or whatever all the time. So a bunch of people got the wrong pepper. And all I can see is, I understand it's a problem, but I also think it's kind of a blessing in disguise because people who like jalapenos, they might not eat anything else. They might not try any other types of peppers. They might just need that for their salsa. And so that's what they grow, right? But it's a blessing in disguise because now they get to try whatever this other pepper is that came on the plant. And you might, without even knowing it, without even wanting to know it, find your favorite pepper that way. And so what I see is a giant marketing opportunity for the future for the pepper companies or the, the seed companies. And that's just selling peppers and maybe everything in a mystery bag mystery pepper is that something you can do yes because when i went to pepper joe's i ordered like a half dozen different types of peppers they also just threw in a mystery pepper Ooh. and i was able to look inside it was something i didn't order and it came shipped slightly differently so i could tell it was intentional but it was for a pepper called a christian and uh, i just ate it for the first time earlier this week and it's something i never would have known to look up and it was it was pretty good interesting so you have jalapenos i'm interested to know how yours turn out uh what else what other kind of peppers i have arbol which are meant for salsas okay. they're, they're they're a little bit hotter than a jalapeno and i have some guajillo which are more they're very large and long and skinny and they're grown more for their flavor and they're they're definitely one that you would like dry out and then i also have a poblano, which it's this giant plant that only has one poblano on it. No it's kind of it's kind of killing me that like I've watered this thing. I've started it from seed since March, and all I'm getting right now is just one giant pepper. And then we have some bell, and I think that's it. Oh, this is the most peppers we've ever grown. That's cool, and the Christian as well. I think, I don't know how I stumbled upon this because I, I've never been able to keep anything alive ever. I'm not a gardener. Don't understand it at all. Um, but it makes me want to try. It makes me want to try a bunch of different peppers. And so just know that you might not get what you ordered. Thank you for listening to the Factoid Podcast. If you have a factoid and want to share it with us, send us an email at what's yours at factoidpodcast.com. As always, you can find us everywhere you get your podcasts or on our website, factoidpodcast.com. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>